Hello and welcome to the Latent Space Emergency episode. This is our first ever where ChatGPT just dropped a plugin ecosystem today, or at least they demoed their plugins. It's still on the waitlist, but it is the App Store moment for AI. And we did an emergency two-hour space with Logan from OpenAI and Florent Cravello from LindyAI and a bunch of our friends. And if you ever wanted to listen to what it's like to hear developers process in real time when a new launch happens, this is it. Enjoy. I assume everyone has read the blog post. For me, the, the big shift was, uh, do you see Greg Brockman tweet about FFmpeg? I did not. I okay, should check it out. Gonna, it is amazing. Okay, so so ChatGPT can generate Python code. We knew this. This is not new. And they can now run the code that it generates. This is not new. I mean, this is like, this is good. It's not like surprising. It's it's fine. It can run FFmpeg code. You can upload a file, ask it to edit the video file, and it can process the video file. And then it can give you the link to download the video file. So it's a general purpose compute platform. Wow. Did they share how they do this? Agents? I just, React? I just, pinned, I just pinned it. I just pinned it. Did I, did I pin it to the space? I don't know how to use yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's showing up there. Okay. It can run arbitrary. Like, Replit is fucked. Is, is, is my... And by, by the way, I'm high to people. I, I don't know how to run spaces. I, I, not something I normally do, but you want to say something... Please request. But yeah, reactions. Have a look at this video because it run it generates and runs video editing code. You can upload any arbitrary file. It seems to have good enough compute and memory and file storage. This is not chat anymore, man. I don't know what the hell this is. What what is this? Well, progress has been a lot faster than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can I I, I I don't know how to respond. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. I wonder I wonder. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how, how this will affect like opening up the App Store different from, let's say, Apple App Store when it opened up, because there are a lot of, of big companies just building stuff already, and how yeah. like a small developer will be able to to build something that's not already there. I don't it know, will man. be interesting. So one thing that's really nice, have you seen the installation process for the plugins? It's right at the bottom of the blog post, and you have to play the video to kind of see it. But literally anybody can write your own plugin. It's a small little JSON file. It's, it's literally like 10 lines of code. It's 10 lines of JSON. You describe what your plugin does in English. You give it an open API spec. That's it. That, that's, that's the plugin. So you can, <laughs> it's amazing. You, you can distribute your plugin. This is, this is, this is easier than extensions manifest v3, which nobody knows how to use. This is English. You write English. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think there'll be a lot of people trying to develop for this if they can get access, which um, everybody's on a wait list. I, I've, I've signed up to 200 wait lists this week. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, if it will be different if you, if you sign up as a, as a developer or as the uh, chat GPT user, uh, hopefully. <laughs> It doesn't matter, right? So use different emails and sign up to both. Let's see. Let's just see. In fact, use use <laughs> ChatGPT to generate like plausible sounding reasons for why you want to build whatever. Like, they don't. But yeah, I mean, how do you compete? I, I don't know, man. You know, it, it's really OpenAI is definitely using a partnership strategy to do what they do here, which means they're essentially picking favorite. So if you're a competitor of Expedia, Kayak, 
open table wolfram zapier you're a shit out of luck kind of you know because these are the presumptive winners of their spaces Right, and it, it will happen in to many industries probably, right? Like, uh, I, I was thinking about maybe summarization or, or I don't know, YouTube video summarization. But uh, there seems to be uh, some application of that already on the examples that you shared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have shared that, but I, I think there's always room to improve the experience. It's just, you know, it's interesting which platform, like sort of platform strategy, right? Like if you write an open AI chat plugin, you instantly gain access to 100 million users, right? All of them can instantly use your thing. Whereas if you're a standalone app or company, good luck trying to be able to use OpenAI through you. There's just no point. So you much rather just be on OpenAI's platform and promote there. The, the fortunate thing is they don't have some kind of like popularity ranking yet. Actually, someone should go open, someone should go register like openaiplugins.list.com or something where like everyone can like submit their own OpenAI plugins and like upload them, review them. Cause this, like this is not a complete app store without reviews and a rating system and a reputation system and probably monetization. OpenAI probably doesn't care about that, but I mean, I can go start that right now. Fuck. I can go start it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will, it will take a while, right? Like this is the, the, like, the basic version of the, of the app store. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be evolving a lot, but, but, but we'll this, see. It's crazy, this, man. This Lots is a pretty changes. good basic version. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the basic version can browse the web. It can write and write and execute code. It can retrieve, you know, stop. We can retrieve data from documents, right? So all the document search just died. There's like five of these in Y Combinator right now. All of them just died. The pinned example is pretty crazy how they use the FFMPEG library, or I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but like right in there, you don't need to, to write the Python code to see the video. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Going well with that. <laughs> it's crazy. Don't know. Yeah. Any reactions? Uh, please, please, you know, open space. Anyone can request this. Oh, Ash. Come on in, Ash. I have to add you as speaker. Yeah, we're just reacting here. I just, I, I needed a place to talk and I'm in Japan and I don't have anyone else to talk to. So I need, I, I just want to share this moment. I think it's a special moment in history. This is the biggest new app store since Apple. Yeah. Hey, Sean, I think opening plugins.com is already taken. <laughs> oh man. Someone, someone bought it already? Yep. <laughs> of course, right? Of course. What are your reactions? What, how are you feeling? What's, what are you seeing out there? Let's crowdsource all the tweeting. Yeah, man, it's, it's been wild. I mean, I get out of Twitter like five minutes and then a new AI thing drops, you know. <laughs> I think productivity today will be like zero. If I, if I still, I, I quit my job, you know, a few weeks ago, but I would not be working today. There's no point. There's, right. nothing, else, there's nothing else that's important. Like nothing's going on. Like this is the only story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you have, any any frameworks or anyone that's listening, any frameworks on on how you're handling all of this new new stuff? Like every single day, something new comes up, and or you can like get the the waitlist invitations to to use the new products. Like for example, today I, I just got the the one from GitHub CLI, and I was just playing around with that, and then suddenly I started to see all of the, these Twitter threads with the announcements. 
getting crazy just to follow up with, with the stuff and every day something new comes up and started, I started to feel a lot of FOMO, you know, like how do you keep up with all of these or how do you focus? Does anyone have any, any good frameworks for that? Well, feel free to respond. Also, we, we have some more room if anyone wants to share your feelings. This is a, this is a safe space to share your feelings because we all don't know how to react right now. I don't know. I just, I, I, I have a few notifications on for open AI employees and people that I do, that I think do good recaps. So in other words, find the people who are high signal and who do a lot of gathering of other people's stuff for, and then just subscribe to those people and trust that that is 90% of it and forget the 10%. <laughs> Right. And Sean, probably I, ha I have another question. So I can't really figure out like what's left for us to do, you know, with all this AI tool. Like, what, what do you suggest we learn next, you know? There's no point in learning some coding stuff because you, know, you can only do that, you know? So, we yeah. can't do art. We can't do poetry. Farming? Bakery, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Making things with your hands. Enjoying the sun. Do you guys think this should be regulated? Like, shouldn't go more than... Like, with the speed that it is going, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it can, it, it, I, I don't know. There's there's no point. Like, if like if you regulate OpenAI, then someone else will come along. The secret is out now that you can do this. And at most, you will slow things down by 10 years. You called it a secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Secret is out. China is trying to do it, right? So I don't know if the people have seen, but like, China was was fairly strict on crypto, which is probably good for them. And now they're they're also trying to clamp down on AI stuff, which is funny because Tsinghua, like they're you know the MIT of, of China, Tsinghua was doing, actually doing like producing like really good bilingual model. But yeah, they they seem to be locking this down. So we'll see, we'll see, right? Like you know, in in sort of the the free world, there there's open innovation that may be unsafe. OpenAI is trying to be safe. You know, there, there's a big part of the blog post that was talk to, talking about red teaming and all that. I'm sure every one of us skipped it. I skipped it. And then, and then we just care about capabilities. And now that, you know, every time people have their minds opened, like I did not know run FFmpeg in chat. Now that I know my conception of what a REPL is or literate programming or what a notebook is, is completely blown out of the water, right? Like there's no, like th this is a new form factor for me. So now that I know that, I will be innovating on that or trying to, to shape this into something that I can use because I, I want to use this. And this is, this is clearly better. Does, does this ha have to do with with the like AI as backend yeah. ideas that have been yeah around? you know GPT as backend so uh, so apparently I had a few friends reach out to those guys and they're not doing that because it's not mature enough like it works for a simple demo so so for for those who don't know a scale AI did a hackathon I think two months ago just before I did mine and the winner of the hackathon was was something called GPT is all you need for backend. And they actually went and registered GPT is backend.com. But as far as I can tell, they're not going to start a company based on that because if you even push a little bit, it falls apart, right? So GPT-3 wasn't good enough for that. Maybe GPT-4 is, maybe GPT-5. But then it will still be super slow and super expensive. Like you don't want to run, you know, a large language model on every API request. So I don't know. I think it will be good for scaffolding. I think it'll be good for repo type use cases. Like, hey, I need to edit this video on an ad hoc basis. I don't need, I don't want to learn FFmpeg. I don't need to now because I can just talk to ChatGPT. 
That makes sense. But if you want a reliable, scalable backend, you probably don't want to use it on a large language model. But that's okay because the language model can probably help you write it rather than run it. Hey, Alessio. Hey, guys. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. What's hey. up? Yeah, we're, we're just, there's we're no structure. Just drop your reactions. Let's go. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Guys, what do you think? What if Sean, what do you think? If you could use, you know, AI in the education field, like you know, like personalizing the education system for students. What's your thought on it? Education or attribution? Edu- edu- education. Yeah, that is the holy grail. This is called the Bloom's two sigma problem. Like the, the, the one of the big issues of education is we have to teach to the slowest person in the class. And and, you know, I'm a beneficiary of, of a gifted education system where they take out, you know, nominally high IQ people and put them in a separate class. And, and yeah, we did, we did do better. What if we can personalize every student's experience? There's, there's some educational theory. This is called Bloom's two sigma problem where the results will be better. I think that we are closer, but like, I still hope that we're pretty far. It sounds like a negative. Like, why do I want to deny education to students? Because if we are there, then we will have achieved theory of mind for AI. The AI has a very good model, is able to develop a representation of who you are, is able to develop theories that, that test who you are in, in a short amount of time. And I mean, it's a very dangerous path to, to go down. So I want to, I want us to go slowly rather than fast on, on the education front. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah, definitely. I think personalizing the education for each student and making it run the best way would be great. And what do you think? How about, like, first of all, I'm having a very curious, curious question. You know, like, we are having this week was full of launches. So how are you guys are keeping up with no, I'm not. I'm, this is, I created this space because so, I cannot handle it. The, today, today was my breaking point. I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore. Yeah. Like, every single day, I'm just in constant anxiety that, like, Everything I assumed about the world is going to be thrown up. Like, I don't know how to handle it. This is a therapy session. So feel free to express. Definitely. It's, it's been a very overwhelming feeling for every one of us. Like that, I think, uh, you know, like past two weeks and like the industry was definitely a lot, lot of launches. We are definitely open for, you know, uh, to discuss more about it. Thanks a lot for this space. Sean. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Vance, one more thing. So I think that the most constrained version of education use cases is language teaching. So there are a few language teachers out there. Speak, I think, is one of them that is an OpenAI partner, and they're also part of the ChatGPT plugin release. But there are also other language tutor platforms. You can search in Hungry News. There was one that was released maybe like four or five months ago that you can try to see what the experience is like, and you can. You can tell when the teacher has no idea who you are and it breaks the illusion that you're speaking to another human. So I, I just, I, you can experience that today and, and decide for yourself if we're ready for that. I hope that we're not ready and it seems like we're not ready. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thanks a lot for sharing. And guys, what do you think? Like I, in the launch before, they have showed that we could, you know, generate apps and web apps just from, you know, like a single simple sketch, you know, different and just after from a sketch. So what do you think? Like how how it would be impacting the industry. It's all. It's all. <laughs> because it's not just like that, that sketch was very, was a very shitty sketch, right? It was just like drawn on a piece of paper. But if you combine that with yeah. the multimodal, like it was, they had another part of that demo where they had a screenshot of the Discord, the OpenAI Discord. 
and you're mm-hmm. and they put it in and it it like read the entire screen to you. And if you can read the entire screen, you can code the entire screen. So it's over. Like <laughs> yeah, bro. in game. It's definitely real. I think interaction interaction think designers, I... you know, like people who like think design function still have some time. Yeah. I, I just I just I just tried the same thing, you know, on BARD today, and it was, like, much more better than GPT-3. So, definitely, it's, you know, things are really changing great forward. I'm I'm really worried what we want to do, you know. Do you think the competition will, like, stable everything? Like, what Joe, competition? Bad, like, Anthropic? Well, like, uh, Google, Google won't rest. I don't think Google rest. Like, Google? They'll fight. The, the, one, that, the yeah. one that launched the Bar- W-Links list of blog posts? Uh, that, that Google? <laughs> <laughs> well, not 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 the less not the less competitions will come <laughs> i have a question i mean i mean my fear is many of the jobs are going away whether it is developer and designers because i mean i think gpt4 is very capable so how to deal with it i mean it's going to replace i mean many of the jobs that's for sure yeah it's okay I- we'll find new jobs or we'll, we'll not need jobs anymore we should we should also start universal basic income that's that that is something I, I do believe yeah i think the the main change is going from the web of like syntax to like the web of semantics so if your job is valuable because you know a unique syntax or like you know how to transform things from like words to syntax i think that will be a lot less useful going forward but the semantics piece is still important so a lot of product work it's not just writing css and html and like the back end for it it's a lot more than that so i'm just thinking about how do you change your skills to do that but yeah even the sketch you know you gotta like you gotta draw the sketch and to draw the sketch you gotta know where the button should go you know you have to know yeah i'm just processing this as i i just read the whole thing as well and uh, yeah i mean it's been a wild, a wild couple of weeks, and it's gotten me thinking that maybe all our role was over the past couple of years was we were just middlemen to talk to computers, right? So we're sitting in between it's over, man. PMs or business folks or whoever want to build a product, and then as a software developer, you're just a middleman just talking to the machine, and it seems like NLP is the way forward. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been... It's been, it's been a while, a couple of weeks. It's, I feel like we all just have to move, either move upstream or, or find other jobs. We just got to move upstream either towards product directly. Cause right now the plugin is, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's still a very sanitized day that is controlled by open AI, but imagine them opening up the UI portion as well. So you no longer need to have a siloed product that needs to integrate with chat gpt instead uh, you can bring your product directly into into chat gpt i don't think exactly i think that would be probably the next next logical move after this and i'm sure they're already thinking about that so that's a great i don't know this is it's wild what what do you guys think yeah yeah like so before you came up right i I was was talking about this like chat gpt has at least 100 million users why would you bring people to your platform rather than write a plugin for ChatGPT and use their platform. It's an open question now. Zapier just launched their integration of OpenAI, and OpenAI just launched their integration of Zapier. Which one is going to be more interesting? Probably OpenAI's. Totally, 100%. This is the (laughs) app store of of our century, of our decade. 
Like, I don't know. Maybe Century. It, I, I think the thing with the apps are, though, if you think about it, like how many native apps do you download every week, every month versus like how many web things you use? So I think it's all about whether or not long-term open AI is incentivized to keep broadening the things you can do within the plugin space. And I think the lab, you know, as this technology gets more widespread, they're going to have a lot more pressure from regulators, safety, blah, blah, blah. So I'm really blah, blah, curious blah. to see, you know, all, all that, all that government stuff that they'll, they'll have a congressional hearing about. on this in six months. And by then it will be completely irrelevant. It's like that, this like that time mm-hmm. they, they called it the GameStop guy after he made like 20 million on GameStop. And he just, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, followed the rules, made a bunch of money. <laughs> For those who don't know, unless you and I are co-hosts on the latency, we were supposed to drop an, an episode today, which I was supposed to work on. And then ChatGPT dropped this thing. And now I, I can't think about anything <laughs> else. So. This this is my excuse for not for for not working on the podcast today. <laughs> I know it's funny. We have like three, four recorded ones, and then last week, like GPT four came out, and we we're like, okay, everybody's it's, talking it's about irrelevant. GPT four. Like I don't know. But yeah, I'm really excited about the. I, I feel like the first the first use case for this, and I think he tweeted it, about it too. Is like before, if you had to do like data reformatting and stuff like that it was really hard to do programmatically you know like you didn't have a natural language interface and now you have it and before if you had to integrate things together like you could explain it very easily but you couldn't like put the apis together and now they kind of remove all that part so i'm excited to see what this looks like for commercial use cases you know you could see like is there going to be like a collaborative chat gpt where like you're going to have two three people in the same conversation, working on things. I think there's a lot of uh, things that will improve. And so I saw we had Lenny from OpenAI for a second, I almost pulled them up, but I'm sure you cannot talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yes, sir. We're extremely excited. Extremely excited. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what else. I, I'm like, so as far as I can tell, there's the, there's Hacker and Twitter. I haven't looked at Reddit yet, but I'm sure there's a bunch of reactions on Reddit. I'm sure there's the OpenAI Discord that we can also check out. I got locked out of the Discord at some point, but yeah. Anyone anyone else like see news, demos, tweets? The whole point of this is that it's live, so please feel free to share on comments or anything like that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah the the craziest thing I saw was the Mitchell from HashiCorp he tweeted about yes. how the integrations actually work and you just write a open API spec and then just use natural language to describe what it's supposed to do and then their model does everything. I wonder if they're using the off-the-shelf model or they have like a fine-tuned model to actually write integration. I wonder, I, I don't mean, think they'll ever say it. Knowing but... them, probably they would just use the base one because they want, like, I think OpenAI is kind of wants a god model, right? There's no point. It's not intellectually interesting to do small models for them. Like, like it's trivial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, this is a minor mm-hmm. optimization problem as far as the, the long arc of history. And the the point is to build a GI, safe AGI. And I, I do think this is kind of safe, right? Like one of the criticisms that people were saying on Hacker News was that this is very closed. Like it's, it is an app store. At any point, OpenAI can randomly decide to close this like they did for Codex and then they, they change their minds. Whereas if you use something like a Langchain, it is more open and something that at the same time, like Clearly, this is a better integration path, 
than Langchain. Like, I'd much rather write this kind of plugin than a Langchain plugin. So they, they've managed to... I mean, they know how to ship, man. Like, they're an AI research lab, but they also know how to ship product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see what the pricing model is going to look like. Also, I mean, if I'm writing the plugin, this is great because I don't even have to take care of the compute, you know? Like, I just plug it in and then they actually run everything for me. Yeah, but I'm, how how it will be monetized? I mean, if the Japier is giving their plugin or Expedia, I mean, people will not go to their website. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I have no idea. I don't think they said. I also don't super care. Yeah, it, it's interesting because in the in the App Store, it's transaction driven, but on ChatGPT, you're just paying a flat fee every month, so you can't really do revenue share on a. And I don't think that we use like the Spotify model. Where it's like a why not based on the amount of times. No, wait, 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 wait. Why not? I, I, <laughs> you have like, Spotify. I just has, don't think Spotify model works because Spotify has power, right? OpenAI has power. Same thing. They have all the audience. Yeah, but every 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 song is like the same value. Yeah. Like if you listen to song X or to song Y, like you're gonna make the same money. Like if I'm calling the API to for like the meme generator, or if I'm calling the API for the you know business summary thing they're probably gonna cost different things you know so it's kind of hard to model out for open ai to say hey okay we're charging we're going from 20 to 35 bucks a month but then like how do you actually do royalties on a per model basis like how do people decide what royalty to negotiate it's probably needs to be a flat fee but i don't know I yeah. know, or put your credit card in OpenAI, and then every time you want to use a plugin, you pay for it separately. UBP usage-based pricing all the way, and then you just get a surprise yeah. at the end of every month. Exactly. The the only question mark is like, how much does OpenAI value the training data, and like, how much do they want to subsidize the well, usage? It's kind of the they have they have thing. promised to not use any of our usage data for training. So, oh, but the. I think like the plugins, it's a it's a different thing. It's like yeah. like how you could even, you could easily see how are like requests usually yeah. structure for like these things. You know, like are people searching? So how are people searching for flights and stuff like that? I don't know. I haven't read the terms for like the actual plugins. You know. So. Well, if anyone has, please come up to speak because we're all processing this live. This is the therapy session. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. One thing I see is basically you have to change the plugin. I mean, to ask anything or even if it is browsing, right? I mean, I see, I mean, they are becoming directly competitor to Microsoft also using plugin because now a user can actually just see, I mean, instead of Bing chat or Google, I mean, they, they just uh, basically select the browsing plugin and basically get all the updated data. And other thing I see is basically you have to change the plugins. Like if you want to use the Expedia data, I don't know how it will fit with the browsing plugin or you can select multiple plugins. But yeah, it is interesting. I mean, if we get access. Yeah, there is no actual browsing plugin. The browsing is a new model. So just like you can select GPT-3, GPT-3.5, GPT-4, there's a new model now that just says browsing alpha. So you, you can use ChatGPT in browsing mode. And then you can use it in plugins mode, which, which is a different model again. So the, the plugin browsing don't cross over. Oh, that's interesting. And how do you see, I mean, Bing 
in this whole design. They are becoming competitive to Microsoft or how they are playing it out. I mean, Bing is just, by the way, like, yeah, this, this killed the Bing waitlist because you don't need to wait for Bing. You can just use the browsing mode of, of ChatGPT. How does it compete? It competes for sure. I don't think Microsoft cares. I don't think OpenAI cares. This is one of those things where like, you know, they are the two, two friends, you know, and they're clearly winning. So who cares? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Like, I, I don't imagine it takes the up main, any of their mental bandwidth at all. Yeah, the main thing is Google is Google. <laughs> yeah, the main, like, how is Google competing? Well, let's see, right? Bard is out there. I haven't thought of this yet, but it could be interesting. Again, like, it doesn't seem like they have the shipping capacity or velocity of OpenAI and Microsoft, and that is probably going to bite them eventually because there's already been a big brain drain. Something like four researchers, four of the top Google Brain researchers left Google Brain for OpenAI in January. And, you know, those are the ones that I know about. And I, I imagine there's, there's quite a bit of brain drain and firing going on at Google. So who knows? All right. Well, any other topics, concerns, hyperventilation? If you just want to scream, I can turn down the volume and you can just, ah, uh, for like five minutes. That was literally, I was like, I, I need to like scream and just, ah. Uh, because I don't know what is going on. <laughs> I said that I'm filling out the form right now for the. Oh yeah. Okay. So waitlist. so use use ChatGPT to fill out that form, right? And then and then use a fake use a different email and fill out the form a different way. This maximizes chances. <laughs> I'm going to ask GPT for what plugin do I want to build for ChatGPT. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, Let's yeah, see. I mean, maybe. Yeah, we yeah. can brainstorm our plugins. We can brainstorm live. Yeah, I think that would be a fun exercise. Like, the, the main thing that breaks my brain is just this, this whole ability to run code, right? Like, this is a new notebook, a new REPL. Mm -hmm. it, it looks like it has storage and it has memory. It has GPUs. That, I mean, can we run Llama inside of ChatGPT? <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't know if that's a... Uh... A model within a model. Um, I think for me, most of the things come to like, you know, if I had my own personal assistant, what I want the assistant to do, I think like travel is like the first thing that comes to mind. Like if I could use ChatGPT, yeah, it, it like, has uh, plug in with my calendar. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it needs to like know where I sh where I'm supposed to be going to. You know, like if I just add a calendar that is like I'm going to, you know, Rome. This week, yeah. And then like it automatically will send my calendar and say, oh, "Okay, these are like for mm. like the times that you like to travel." I know that you don't like ops and yada yada yada. That's one thing that I've always we had this thesis at my beer's firm about personalized consumer. There's so many websites like I go to a lot of basketball games, and every time I open Ticketmaster or whatever, it always shows me the cheapest seat, and like I'm not gonna see. That's not where. That's not the tickets I want to buy. You know, but it doesn't matter how many tickets I buy, it never remembers that. So having a way to say, to see, take all of that information in and suggest, hey, I saw that there's actually a price drop for the specific seats that you want, not for like any seats. You know, I think that would be a a very good use case. So having a personal entertainment assistant for like travel, like going to shows, going to games, that would be cool. That's what I'll submit as a on the wait list then we'll see if anybody cares right did you see get lindy yeah 
Yeah. The, Maybe you want to recap Get Lindy they, for people. I'm going to pin it up on the so, board now. Yeah. So basically, and this is like the um, kind of like a assistant Lindy AI, right? Yeah, Lindy AI. It's on the board right now. Yeah. For those who can see it through the space. Yeah. Yeah, actually, at the AI thinkers meetup the, the other day, you can basically like create all kind of like personal workflows, and you it kind of looks like integrations and like Zapier, but it's actually just natural language. So you can pop this thing up on your desktop and say, "I'm trying to hire ten software engineers." So go on LinkedIn and find ten software engineers. The next step: draft a, an email that says. I'm the CEO of this company and I'm trying to hire for my team. Do you want to talk? Then the next step is like send emails to all these people and it's going to use people data labs or something else that they use on the back end to get the emails. Then it actually sends the emails and this is just going to run in the background as if it was like you actually doing it. It's pretty neat that you don't have to write the actual integrations. Like it just uses natural language. So you're not bound by what they build. Like theoretically, anything you want to integrate with, you can just explain to it how it works and it's going to figure out how to do it. So there's a wait list now. Flow didn't give us any favors just because we were at the meetup. So I'm also waiting to get access to it, but it looks really, really good. Yeah. So generative AI's top use case is generating wait lists, right? Like we, we're, we're so, we have never had <laughs> such an easy way to generate a lot of wait lists, a lot of sign up for wait lists. Oh my God. So much interest, so much, so much product market fit. But also, you know, one thing that you, you raising this point, I think, I think, I think, by the way, I also pin this up. Lindy can support complex roles like no meetings on Fridays, all one-on-ones on, on Monday. I like my meetings back to back within five minutes, with five, five minutes in between. So it's just arbitrary roles that you could not program in a normal assistant type environment without a large language model, which is a, kind of exactly what you want when you're booking your travel, right? Like, Hey, I only like our seats unless it's, uh, right. it's a flight that is less than one hour that I don't care. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Stuff like that, I think, is, is super interesting, and but also like not a common use case. Like, how many times do you travel a year? Like, you know, five, right? Like more than that. But yes, I think for yeah, a, a lot of times it's not a it's not like a super widespread thing, especially if you don't do it for work. If it's infrequent, you want high value, and then if it's if it's frequent, you yeah. can do low value, right? Like it, that. That's the sort of binary trade off. Like the Uber is sort of frequent and low value. Airbnb is high value and frequent. There's something of that So like you want you want sort of spectrums of that sort. But the other thing that you brought to my attention was and, and has room for Google to do something is do you notice that OpenAI's plugins, none of them are Google? Because hmm. they're not friends. So right. OpenAI ChatGPT will probably never have first-party access to Google Calendar, probably never your Gmail, and probably whatever, you know, Google copies OpenAI again, they will do, hey, we have all your docs. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested in that because I don't know if you remember, but like in the first iPhone, like YouTube came like reinstalled on the homepage. And then yeah. I forget when, but one of the early iOSs, they removed it. So now, obviously, Google is not a friend who's going to be a friend in the future, who's not going to be. Like, do we all have to hail our AI overlords yeah. to get access to the, 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 only, the GPT plugin system? Yeah, the only winners are brown CEOs. I think they're fine. All right. But yeah, yeah. I just invited Nether ICU, my old boss. Hi. You can't lurk. 
I, I want I want to hear from you. And uh, but but also you know yeah I I think this Google point is actually novel. I, I'll probably write something about that. Yeah, I, I mean I'll have to write something about this today. So please feed me things to write. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Hey, what's up? Hey, man. What are you thinking? Uh, I yeah. know it's like not entirely your space, but like you're you're all about the future, right? I mean, I did build and sell an AI company about a month ago. <laughs> I did the uh, wait. Yeah, what? That. Yeah, travel app was built on GPT three. Tweeted about. You sold it? Yeah, it, it was getting like a hundred thousand visitors a day, like sixty to eighty thousand unique a day. And then Whoa! I, I, yeah, I sold it like within about twenty four hours. I tweeted out that it was for sale. I had like thirty or forty people in my inbox. Whoa, 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 whoa. okay, okay, okay. So, okay. I, need, I, need, I need back up. So, like, but you're uh, right. This isn't my my, my main <laughs> like domain of expertise. It's fine. But it, it's fine. But you, I am you make, you make you make hundreds of thousands of dollars on the side. It's it's cool. Wait, wait. So <laughs> I saw you tweet the original thing, which was, "Hey, you know, GPT three can plan your travel." I don't know what happened since then. Can you, can you fill the rest of us in? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was basically, you know, I travel a lot for work. I, I do travel like once a month and, uh, you know, but I'm also very resource constrained on my time. So I usually like to spend like one day sightseeing. So what I typically do is I go to TripAdvisor and then I kind of like, you know, Google around and like look at all these things. And it usually takes me about an hour to figure out like what I want to do on my day or two off to go like sightseeing. And then I realized GPT-3, you know, you can just literally ask and, and say, okay, within X number of days, like, I'm going to be in this city. I want to have an itinerary. You know, you can give all these different parameters. And it gives back a really good response. This is before GPT, even three and a half or four was out. So I just built, like, a nice UI on top. And then, like, I mapped over the results and, and was linking to, you know, the the Google searches for these different items and, and kind of made it into a nice user interface. And, you know, just built it out and tweeted it out. And it it just got a lot of traction and attention. Like I said, I had around 100,000 visitors a day, like right off the bat, 60,000 uniques like per day. So it was getting a shitload of, of traction. And um, I don't have a lot of free time to kind of like maintain or build something like that out. So it was costing me money, but I wasn't monetizing it. So th- the way that I was thinking to monetize it would be to use affiliate links and stuff like that. So I could either, you know, spend time figuring out a way to monetize it or just try to make flip it and just make some money. So I decided to sell it. And that was kind of it. I just sent a tweet out and kind of said, this is for sale. Who wants it? And I had I had so much inbound from that that I had to delete the tweet within about two hours because I was just unable to keep up with all the people that were coming in. And I filled out a couple of offers and I, I found the person with the most money that I could close within the shortest amount of time and just took it. Well done, well done. I, 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 awesome. I need a, I need a, I need an applause button right here. Okay, so with that context, your thoughts on today, what you see, and there's Expedia in there, but comment on travel or not travel, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm still reading up on the the chat plugins actually, and I was hoping to kind of chime into this to learn a little more about how they work. I'm here on the the page. I've had API access. From fairly early on, I signed up and I've been you know, and using it a lot. I'm trying to find some different ways to integrate AI and machine learning into the blockchain space. There's a lot of stuff around civil resistance that I think are going to be you know, pretty interesting use cases for us. It's obviously not like a, a, a type of use case that is going to be useful to, to the general public, maybe. But yeah, I'm still actually still trying to understand how these plugins work. So... What have you seen the developer documentation? Which developer documentation at the bottom? 
Yes, that's what I'm, I'm checking. I'm reading through as of now. I see the examples, which are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So my, my quote, the, the quote I put on Hacker News was, this is OpenAI leveraging ChatGPT to write OpenAI, Open API to extend OpenAI ChatGPT. <laughs> I'm confused, <laughs> but it sounds sick. But yeah, I mean, so OpenAPI, you know, not to be confused with OpenAI, is randomly the perfect spec for OpenAI to navigate because it, you know, is somewhat plain English. And then you just supply a description for a model. You describe a off method. So they actually provided a link to a repo where you can see some examples. The examples are not very, not very fleshed out, but you can do like bearer off. I assume you can do OAuth to whatever, whatever kind of auth you like. Then you just provide like logo URL, legal info URL. It's not, it's not, it's not that much. This is 10 times better than Chrome manifest. Like manifest V3. Yeah. I mean. I'm reading through some of these examples and a lot of them are in Python. I wish they would have more JavaScript stuff, but I would say 10 times would be kind of an understatement if I'm understanding how some of this stuff is going to work. English is all you need, man. English is all you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, and then I think in, buried in the video is sort of the Ethan experience, right? Which is where you specify. So if you're, if you're first party, congrats, you know, you're, you're inside of the, the ChatGPT UI, but if you're third party, you can just host your JSON file anywhere. It's literally a JSON file on an API spec, right? You host your JSON file anywhere, and then you just like plug it into their their, their text field here, and then they they validate a little bit, and it's installed. So there is a third party app store on day one. Yeah, that Open Table plugin example is pretty sick. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I, what would you want as a developer? <laughs> that's missing. I think that we're like in the golden age of, of being a developer. Oh and I don't God. know if it's going to go downhill <laughs> quickly or if it's going to go like get better quickly or if this is like the, the end of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> like is OpenAI just going to be where like we do everything? Like nothing else is like going to exist. I think that, okay, you know what? I know that's not the answer for sure. I'm just kind of joking. But I think it will is, obviously shut down a lot of companies. This is the App Store moment, right? For like, just like, the, I, I mean, you and I remember the iPhone App Store moment. Some people dropped everything to write apps and they made it big. And some a lot of people didn't. But the people who were earlier rather than later benefited from understanding the platform. Like imagine, imagine you, like, you know, you, you're a big React Native person for a long while. Like imagine if you had the chance to drop everything and be one of the first developers on a new app store. Like that's pretty huge. Yeah, hundred percent. But I'm wondering like the, the type of mode that you'll be able to build with some of this stuff, because it seems like that open AI will just continue adding more and more features directly into the platform. But I think like for very like niche proprietary type of stuff, it might make more sense. But like, if you, if you want to build like an app for the general public, it just seems like they'll end up integrating something like directly within their platform for a lot of different ideas, like such as this travel app that I sold. I have a feeling like they'll have a way better version of that built directly into their platform sometime soon. Hey, hey guys, can I ask just to get a quick update? Does anyone here have access to it yet? Like, is it is it open? Because I signed up for the wait list, but I haven't seen anything. Yeah, yet. no, it's just it's just wait list where just like 90% of the stuff that people launch, you know. She has a, a few videos and demos, but yeah, it's just a wait list. Who knows? I mean, cool. OpenAI has been pretty good about getting people off waitlist, right? Like, a lot of people got off the GPT-4 API waitlist, like, the day after they launched. 
This one, I feel like they're quite fully baked. Like it's, I wouldn't be surprised if they started dropping tomorrow. So we'll see. But like, you can start developing your your third party plugins today because there's examples. The docs are like two paragraphs, but that's all you need, really. <laughs> so, so I've been I've been working and and I've been following a lot of projects where people are. The one thing I don't see with ChatGPT is like, why are they? Ha- we have Whisper, we have the APIs for ChatGPT. It's like, why are we not at the point where we're talking to this thing and it's talking back to us? Like, yeah. I don't know how we haven't. Nobody's wrapped their head around that yet. But it's like, it seems to me like, don't you want to be like, hey, computer, build me an app that does X, and it says okay, and builds it for you and talks back to you? Like, I just, it's like, I don't know. That'll be the first probably plugin that I try to work on, but it's just driving me a little nuts. That's all. Interesting. I yeah, never yeah, like yeah, the voice yeah. interfaces um, because sometimes it gets really long. Like some of the prompts get really long, and like I don't want to talk that long. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I was so I was doing I was messing with the system prompt, basically get it to be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, look, I'm going to be talking to you, so keep it condensed." I think like the ideal interface would be like for like talking to it would be like putting that at like the system level, but also you know being able to type as well as speak to it is just something that I'm I'm trying to work on and i think with plug you know if we could do that with plugins that'd be huge because i know there's already a like a chrome extension that allows you to talk to it or, or i guess you could do it natively as well but you know native stuff on like iphone and android is not too good so hey you you mentioned that hi by the way you mentioned hey. the way of, of talking to or, or having a way the ai talking to you as a user so just today there was a new release to of Langchain. I know it's kind of not really the plugin, but this is the closest thing probably. And they added a ask human tool. So now the model can ask you a question if it's not sure about something. To share share what? Oh, so so the ask you if it's during its chain of thought when it's not sure to do an example. Right. Right. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, oh, ChatGPT is probably not going to do that. It, it's too confident. Yeah, I, I've seen a little bit about Langchain, but I haven't used it yet. Has anyone here used it? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's all about it. <laughs> I did. I did. I built the Langchain Hub UI too. It's pretty nice. But, I mean, especially when it first came out, the the tooling it was like so rudimentary. But it's nice to be able to chain things together. I think the agents part is pretty interesting. I haven't used it myself because I didn't need it. But yeah, there's a, a very big community. See see Nightchain was very smart, right? Like they picked out the open source angle first and then the others like Dust or Pixie did the closed source angle. Now they have they're in direct competition with ChatGPT, but Langchain still has that it's open source, extensible, like you own your agent and them doing business deals with OpenAI in, in closed source, right? Like, so pretty smart, like strategic position, all things considered. It's a little, isn't it? It's like a little funny to me that, you know, it's like, because Google just came out with Bard, right? And I don't know if you guys have messed with Bard at all, but it's at least to me. Another like, wait list. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was a little underwhelming. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've seen like the same. Yeah. If you've seen like the screenshots going around, like it seems like, you know, someone tweeted it was like in, in guys in a boardroom or whoever's in a boardroom just being like, shit, like we need to, you know, we lost our first mover advantage here. But it's just kind of funny to me that like, I guess now Microsoft's going to have like 
an app store, right? Like just after everything, you know, Microsoft dominated in the nineties and stuff. And then it was Apple, 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 but it's just kind of funny to me that it's going to be, I guess, Microsoft now, right? Bard feels like Bing does to Google. Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with you. hundred percent. All the turntables, right? But yeah. So for, for those of you who might have missed the earlier discussion, the one thing that OpenAI or Microsoft will not do is integrate with Google Calendar. So the one saving grace that Google probably has, it, it probably owns your workspace, right? Like most of us have Google accounts, Gmail accounts. When we work, we log into Gmail and Google again, use Google Docs, spreadsheets. So if Bard is smart, they will take advantage of that and then slowly watch as everyone moves to Microsoft Office. <laughs> I think Apple should do a partnership with the uh, OpenAI and basically Microsoft because Google has huge advantage of Android. Uh, so basically having OpenAI on the iOS, I mean, it would, I mean, having the partnership with OpenAI would make, I mean, really useful on iOS devices. If they, I mean, Siri is really bad. And if they integrate with uh, iOS, I mean, they win the war, I think. So it would be huge beneficial to Apple and basically Microsoft also if they integrate together because Microsoft doesn't have any of the devices and most people, I mean most ordinary people use the devices, iPhone or phone, Android phone. So it would be huge advantage for the and basically Apple. I, I'm very curious to see what Apple ships next, you know. Everyone's shipping AI stuff, and then Apple is like, "Hey, look at our AR glasses." Yeah, but I mean, AR, AR with, <laughs> with the with the 3D models that are that are coming out. Because isn't it Mid Journey's working on like a three? Like their lab, I know, is is building a 3D generative model, and I think that sort of stuff with with AR is. Oh, is that huge. is that public? How, no, do you, how did you know that? I don't know if it's public. I, I saw a tweet about it, I don't know, like a week ago. It, it's, a, it's a semi, semi open secret in San Francisco, but I, I don't know if it's public. Yeah, I think I, I saw them. It, it was some context of they were talking about text to video and they were like, well, we're, we're doing our like 3D modeling first. So, I mean, my assumption is, and I, I don't work in the space yet, unless anyone's hiring, please, I'm looking for work. But it seems to me like Apple seems to have their head on straight and like it might be that if they're going to release these ar like mixed reality ar vr glasses like you know the mo- the thing that makes the most sense to me is like getting with generative ai modeling it's like you know it would be cool to go to like a coffee house or a bar and then you know when you see like the graffiti in the bathroom when people write sometimes funny stuff sometimes like the worst stuff you've ever read in your life and you're like what is going on when this person's going to the bathroom where they have this much hate but it's like it would be cool to have a component of that you know, like in the metaverse, so to speak, right? Like, so you put on your AR glasses and it's like, oh, cool. I can see like a bulletin board here that exists in the physical, but it's also in the, you know, it's like augmented, right? That's just to me, it seems to be like the logical next step. Interesting. Well, we'll, we'll see that when that happens. I recently got a Quest Pro, Quest 2 myself. Yeah, my parents love it. And any tech, any tech that my parents like, uh, I think has a real crossover appeal, you know? The thing that you, your conversation had given me an idea for, winners of every app store in the early days, like Facebook had an app store, Apple had an app store. You know the winners of an app store? Games. Like, what we need yep. is a multiplayer, like everyone logging into ChatGPT and then playing a multiplayer game. Get your Yo, the line. NPCs, NPCs are going to text you on your phone. 
that would be kind of cool, actually. I was thinking, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be game, games at first, though. Like, it seems like games always push the envelope with tech. It, well, it's like pornography and games, right? But like, I don't know. I was talking to like you, you mentioned your parents, and like, you know, I was talking to my mom about this stuff, and I was like, you know, I'm seeing stuff that are just demos of just like, hey, take a picture of your fridge, and it'll tell you like here's what you can make or you know even like talking to it and just being like hey here's what i ate today you know what's my how many calories did i eat today or you know what's my diet plan just things like that and that's why i brought up the talking to it just with using natural language and then having it being able to talk back to you i'm surprised i'm like really surprised that they haven't implemented that yet because it seems to me like that's a use case that a lot of people would use it for you know or if you could just like you know, call it on a phone if you built like a Twilio backend into it or something. Like, I just don't, it, it boggles my mind why they haven't put that feature in yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I really don't think it's going to be too long before you're, you're sitting there at work and you get a text or call on your phone from an NPC. Hey, our village is burning down. You need to come over here and help. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do you guys think it, there's going to be different silos, like, you know, with Bard coming out and, you know, p- people implementing GPT-3 and 4 now, yes, into all their apps, but do you think they'll be like, chat GTP, chat GPT will have their store and then Google will have their store? Do you think it'll be like, there's going to be a clear victor here and then, you know, it'll be like, okay, Google's apps or, you know, Google Docs or whatever is like part of chat GPT's plugins, right? Yeah, it's going to be like crypto. Everybody's just going to be fighting for the top. You're going to have the couple of dominant people, but then you're going to have all the the small guys who go up and down. And yeah, I I feel like it's going to be pretty similar to to how crypto release was. So we're going to have some slurp juices is what you're telling me? Yeah, boy. Nice, nice. I dig it. So maybe we aren't, Tell me what you guys think about this, because maybe we aren't thinking about this right, because maybe this is not an app store, because typically in an app store, you'll go ahead and choose which plugins you want installed, like on a phone or whatever have you, but uh, the path forward seems like all the plugins are like omnipresent. I I, I don't know why Google isn't shitting their their pants right now, because basically you, like OpenAI could just force all the big companies to write plugins and then just be a single search box for everything. So imagine if you want to like fly somewhere or you want to book a hotel, you have, we have the Expedia and booking.com, both of those plugins summoned up and it shows you both the results. And then you can click through on whichever ones you want. And then yeah, you, you charge them based on click throughs. Like I, I think like we're maybe we're just getting tripped over by the fact that you have to choose a plugin right now and only interact with that single plugin but i think i think the smart move forward would probably be just to have all of them omnipresent and then have this like nlp higher layer up there to summon the right plugin when need be what, what do you guys think about that yeah so so that's like the langchain thing that's what i haven't used langchain yet but it sounds like that's from what i was reading with langchain it sounds like that's kind of is how i thought that worked but i don't know can someone here like enlighten me i i don't know if it how how link chain works yeah i don't know how link chain works either but i think it's going to be a two-way street everybody's going to be making plugins with chat gpt and everybody's going to be making chat gpt plugins for other services as well i think 
there's going to be a whole bunch of people about to make a bunch of Jira plugins and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of going to be a, a two-way street. I don't know. Is anyone else like, this is super exciting to me. I haven't been this excited about like the internet since like probably like the, like the web 1.0 days. Like I, I, I hate, well, I'm 2. so 0. happy. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Like I hate web two. Like this is cool. I'm glad that like spaces exist, but I hate web 2.0. Like web 3.0 I'm about. And like, I, I consider this part of web 3.0, but it's exciting, right? Like this is cool. Like I, I'm really, you know, I'm stoked about, about the progress that's being like, the joke is like, you know, every day in, in AI is like, it's like way longer, right? It's like we're telescoping very quickly. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, and updating. that, you know, I, yeah. I would say I noticed towards maybe like three years ago when I was working at AWS, it just seemed like for, for about five or, or so years, everything was very stagnant and there just wasn't a lot of exciting things that were happening. Everyone was like, if you remember, all the dev advocates were like all creating like tutorials around creating your own CMS and your blog. And you saw like that exact same tutorial given by like hundreds of people over the course of a few years because there just wasn't any cool shit that was happening. And then I think when crypto and, and blockchain stuff like that kind of caught my attention, caught my attention. And I'm still excited by that, that stuff. And then this seems to be just almost like when if you were like, around when the iPhone was coming out and actually realized how important it was. I think everyone now is, is seeing this and they're all like realizing how important it is. And it's cool to be like part of this moment as a software engineer. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I oh, sorry. I was going to say like, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm sure you guys saw the alpaca stuff. Right. And I know that they're doing D DMCA stuff, but eventually someone's going to train one of these models and it's going to, you know, you're going to be able to run this stuff offline. And just like the way to, if, if you have access to like, I forget which one of the e-accelerate people was talking about it, but it's like dwarf in the flask. It's like, you've gotten the machine offline. So if you don't need internet access to access, like the entirety of human knowledge, whatever's in the data set up until 2021 or whatever, and you don't need internet access, like that's going to revolutionize everything. Like, that's insane to think about. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the, we, we we're also speculating you can run in inside of ChatGPT since ChatGPT runs Python. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Is that is that happening? <laughs> I mean, it has a file system and it has file storage and a CPU and memory. Yeah. <laughs> it's turtles all the way down. Turtles all the way down, man. The, I, I think the plugin system, if people can get to run their own models, like the llama ones and the same structure for plugins, you can see like, going back to the metaverse thing, like a, in Snow Crash, where people build their own like demons, you know, it's like, I got the demon that like kicks people out of the club, the, the black sun. But you can see in real life, it's like, I have a bunch of plugins that only I have, you know, and I use them to make myself more productive, use them to make myself, you know, look like I'm working when I'm not working and I'm like responding to my emails and stuff like that. But I think like the OpenAI releasing this today makes it so much easier to start it because you don't have to worry about any of the infrastructure. You just build the plugin and then they run everything and you get the best model possible. But I think down the line, you know, I would love to walk around with my own, you know, Raspberry Pi or whatever on my wrist, kind of like I'm fall out and say, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't know. I don't think we're that far away. So I'm excited to, to keep building. 
Shoot, the the technology exists where you could make that now, but it'd be a little awkward to have a Raspberry Pi on your wrist at the moment. <laughs> well, 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 that's kind of what I'm saying with the uh, with the al- alpaca thing, right? It's like if you don't need internet access to to use the model. I mean, we're we're still pretty far off. For I don't know if Moore's law even applies anymore, but. You know, we're not that far off from being able to run this stuff on, you know, consumer hardware that's cheap. And that's going to be huge for, for, you know, the majority of the world, right? Like, that's going to be very big, like, even bigger than this. Like, it's great that we can do it with the Internet, but as soon as we don't need the Internet to access it, like, it's it's over. But we're back, whatever, whichever one you believe. It's just just crazy to think about that. Yeah, you could, you could, if that happens, you can go and hook it up to a coding compiler and have it spit out human readable errors. But at that point, it's probably just going to be writing all the code for us anyways. So we have a, Hey guys. Uh, oh, hey, hey, Alex. Um, go ahead. Uh, hey, I have one more question, see. but uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I have a writing question from someone who's trying to join, but was unable to, Stefania, who I met, by the way, at the Langchain Hackathon, Langchain Meetup in San Francisco. She is. A lot of cool insights uh, follow it. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Uh, I'll cue the question up. Oh, yeah, for sure. One thing that really got my mind about this stuff and, you know, high vision mode is the fact that you can kind of externalize memories now. So the main use case I was thinking about is you could basically set up cron jobs, for lack of a better word. So suppose you're, I don't know, building a trading bot, right? And you can say, hey, ChatGPT, look at the price of wheat every day at midnight. And uh, you can just queue that up in the background and then have that send the response back to, back to the LLM at a certain time interval. And, you know, that's just like one use case, but here comes like the play where like there's time sensitive things that break the one by one synchronous nature of ChatGPT and adds a little more, you can say for one level, more humanness to it rather than like direct response and reply with latency. So there's that level, but also you can like schedule tasks. And I think that's going to be the killer plugin, whoever creates like the, the cal.com or the, you know, the cron integrations for just like, hey, look, you're at this point in time and they give me the response. I don't know if anybody's been thinking about that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that a lot. Like how you said the expand, it's like an expandable, it's like a portable brain. Like it's like, hey, here's my secondary brain. And it does, it's like my secretary or it's like my assistant, right? Like somebody had a prompt where it was, you know, you're a form of, you know, one person's wisdom, one person's, you know, thinking about things X, X way, someone's thinking about it Y way. And like being able to have that just on demand with the like expandable component where you're able to basically, yeah, delegate tasks to it and be like, hey, you know, keep what's what's like the way to think about it. Like not like a cron job. Well, sort of like a cron job, but like, like, you know, like news alerts, like Google news alerts, like things like that, just being able to be like, Hey, like keep, keep an eye on this thread for me while I do other things. And then if something comes up, you know, whether, you know, you just do some NLP or whatever, search for keywords, you know, alert me or do whatever. And being able to do that without having to go through, you know, setting a reminder or doing all that painful, like pain in the ass calendar stuff. Cause I think there's so many, there's so much software for that because people just hate doing it so much. Like that's going to be so big. Yeah, no, I was thinking that's probably a better way to put it, right? Like asynchronous alerts, or I guess you could do timed alerts also, because the one thing I was thinking about is the Instacart API, which is what they're demoing. I don't know if anybody uses Instacart, but it's pretty slow on the lookups. So that's like, you know, that's a blocking process in the current integration of ChatGPT. But if they could figure out a way to make it like asynchronous and then actually interact when it's done getting the the fetch, and then you can do stuff in between that, 
that's going to really change the interface. And that's like, that's really the step closer to having like a real personal assistant in your pocket. Man, being able to just give chat GPT all of your recipes that you cook that week and then just have it order all the stuff from Instacart from you. I can't wait for that, man. Oh my God. That's great. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, you can ship a book, Logan, like, a, like a, co- a cookbook with like actual recipes. But yeah, yeah. Let's introduce Logan. So does yeah, this mean like physical companies that integrate with software are going to be coming like more of a moat as opposed to just software specific companies? Every software is a software company. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but if you're just a software company, OpenAI or, or or some one of these companies can just build that feature in now a lot easier than they could maybe in the past. Yes. For instance, you know, I don't know, like we were talking about travel and, and stuff like that, but, but let's say you have a physical, you know, product that, that, that maybe you can just separate yourself from other products by building, you know, a better quality user experience. So. And so we got Logan here was our first podcast guest. And the first DevRel person at OpenAI, actually. Um, so, Logan, welcome. Obviously, a lot of people here are excited to talk about this. One thing I noticed from the plugins is that a lot of them are more mundane things. You know, you got travel, you got grocery. Can you tell us a bit more about how you pick those and, like, maybe give us a sneak peek of other use cases that you're all excited about? Yeah, I think... First of all, I think going back to the conversation about the ability to like queue up tasks for you in the background, I'm, my understanding is that Zapier actually already does this by default and I'll, I'll go play around with it after this and see. But my, I, I think Zapier has the ability to schedule things and uh, I think this is the part that, yeah, people are sleeping on this the most is that basically God. Zapier is already connected. <laughs> Zapier's already connected to 5,000 different plugins, and now you can just integrate directly with all of those through Zapier, which is incredible. So you don't even need to wait for like the plugin or whatever to come. Zapier will already do that for you, which is, which is super cool. And it already has the ability, I'm 90% sure, to like schedule certain actions to happen, which is awesome. So I, I think going back to the point of like how these folks were, were specifically chosen, I think the reality was when it was initially scoped out for doing this work, there was just, we needed people who were willing to sort of deal with the idea of, of sort of, we were still building this entire platform and infrastructure from the ground up. And I think those, those folks who are featured today during the blog post did a lot of work of iterating on these things with us as we figured out a lot of the challenges. So a huge shout out to all those, the engineering teams of those companies for, for working with us so closely to make it happen. I just got to say too, sh- shameless, shameless plug here. It's my birthday today and this is a super cool birthday gift. So thanks for, for <laughs> doing this and the blog post. It's really awesome. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think we all just got a, a huge gift. Like, lo- like, yeah, Logan, you don't have to speak on openly as we have here. Like we're all, we're all just like, you know, lar- large model enjoyers here, I think. And this is a, this is an app store moment for like all of us. Like it's, I, I'm just pro- I'm processing this and, and just trying to, do therapy in public. <laughs> There's a, a lot of waitlist FOMO here, so we're all excited. Oh I, yes, I how do you, before in what do we have hours, to do to get so. the waitlist? No. Yes. <laughs> I, I think the reality is. Logan? 
Yeah, it, it's they're rolling people out really slowly, and I think the intent is part of this is to understand. And I think it was one of the big highlights of the blog post about what are the new sort of accesses for for harm here. And I think we know some of those things, but there's a lot of known unknowns. So it, it'll be intentionally small for the time being, but hopefully we'll we'll expand that access soon. Bottom yeah, line, but, get on get on the wait list and, and keep your keep your fingers crossed. Come up like come up with a cool use case. I think there's something there's part of the waitlist is like submitting what you would be interested in working on and actually doing and they actually will we will actually read that to make sure that, you know, we're bringing people in who are gonna build cool things, not stuff that's uninteresting uh, or potentially harmful. Okay. Are you using Chat GBT to analyze the waitlist? <laughs> Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> It'll probably be humans to analyze the waitlist would be my guess, but maybe maybe not. I'm not sure. Very old. What's school. the difference? Old school. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a question from Write In who couldn't join for technical issues. Stefania, who is a researcher at Microsoft right now, and her question is about search. How? What is the future of search for plugins? How do we discover new plugins? Do we need a schema for plugins with complex queries or, or, or complex behaviors? And does it limit the context window as well? Like, do we install like a hundred different plugins and like, does that, does that hurt help? I don't know. Yeah, it does. So there's a limited and it's all in the developer documentation right now, if you want to read through it, but there's a bunch of limits on like your open API spec and the descriptions you use. But we actually take all that information. We take a sample request. We take a sample response. We take the description of it and it's actually all inside of the, the context window to begin with. So it is limited right now. And I think that's where some of those larger models like GPT-4 with 32K context in the future when that's really available will be super helpful and you'll be able to bring a lot of plugins in. But at the current moment, the more plugins you add, the less the less context you, you actually have in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, with like 50 pages worth of context, that, that's a lot. And, you know, I was very impressed at the latency as well that... Uh... At least the demo was able to pull off, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Any, any other like reactions, thoughts, questions to the plugins? I have a couple of new people joining. Hey, Arjun. Yeah. I had a couple of them if I can chime in. First of all, I'm just blown away. I mean, it's a fairly interesting approach to deal with like live data versus data that you guys train on. A couple of quick questions for you. How do you see this? Maybe it's too early to ask, but how do you see this padding out to something like a Bing chat? The, the reason why I ask this is, I mean, currently Bing is more of the UI that you're dealing with and ChatGPT has been launched on the side, but do you see it more being like a platform or do you see it more consumer-facing? I mean, I don't know if this question was to me or not. Yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to answer that. You know, obviously Logan cannot comment on Microsoft stuff. I do think though that the, the interesting differentiator is that the, the work, and I think this was in their public blog post, is that a lot of the stuff that Bing is doing is optimized for search specifically. So it's, it's just a fundamentally different experience. I still think that like, if you're, if you want like that search first experience, I think something like Bing makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It's just, it, it feels like a different experience to me still. So I think it's been mentioned a few times that this is like the new App Store or AI. What I guess I'd I'd like to hear thoughts of other people as well. But like, what's the so the App Store is monetized, right? So that's a big incentive for people to put their apps on there. 
So how does, in, in this case, you put a manifest and it hits, hits the API for your app maybe? So what's sort of the monetization strategy here? I mean, this is not a question for opening. It's just like a general sort of direction for things. Yeah, I don't know if they care. <laughs> <laughs> this is like trivial to open air. Yeah, we well, were talking. You're paying for the API, right? So you're, you mean like on top of, of paying for API access? Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. no, you're using your credentials. You, you supply your credentials when you, when you sign up to plug it, right? So I guess you do building off platform. Yeah, I guess so. So not from an open AI point of view. So open AI, of course, makes money and wins anyway. What I mean is like for an app developer to go on there. So I guess you have an app outside of OpenAI, which is useful, and this is kind of distribution for your app. Is that is that kind of the, the sell for the App Store? Oh, I mean, we're three hours into it, so it's hard to say. <laughs> Definitely, but <laughs> I think. But, but yeah, this, I mean, that's exactly. I'm just waiting for someone to write a mega thread on how to make money with the App Store. Here's seven yeah. ways. You I'm sure. I'm sure there's gonna be people on YouTube making videos with themselves screaming in the thumbnail saying, "I just figure out <laughs> how to make a million. But yeah, one model we were talking about was maybe you can do kind of like Spotify, or like a, you have a ChatGPT subscription, and then people. Each plugin gets royalty, or a, a lot of things. Out of it. So, like Instacart, like the ChatGPT thing, is more like a UI alternative rather than like an app itself. So, it makes a lot of sense to have have things like that. But yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I guess what I mean. I think Dylan or somebody else said earlier that this might not be the the App Store. It might be like something different. I think App Store is like the closest we we have to think about. Like that's the closest analogy. But it might be just something completely new, and that's very interesting. I think that's that's a pretty pretty exciting place to be. Well, well, I don't know how much overlap with like the Web three stuff, but it seems to me I know there's like a couple projects out there that are. I think there's one called BitTensor where it's like people are you know basically selling their you know their their GPU usage, right? Like you know there's tons of gamers out there that just have their cards are just sitting idly by, and I don't know. It seems to me like a monetization model for OpenAI might be to you know, they own the model, right? So it's like, I don't know if they can, like, lease out the model. You could, like, write a smart contract that, like, uses their model somehow, or, I don't know, maybe plugins could be, like, written into a smart contract where it's, like, if, you, if you're using this plugin, like, I don't know how that would work specifically, but thinking ahead, like, I don't know, do you think it's going to just be centralized this, this whole time? Or, like, th- surely there's going to be a way for this to, to spread. And, you know, obviously, like, there's a... What's the what's the word? It's it's kind of like you're trying to hold all this water back with like this one stone, and it's like eventually it's gonna break. So like there's gonna be some decentralization in this at some point. So I don't know if that makes sense. I'm just trying to think about like how how there's a monetization you know pathway for for this for for the for these plugins. Okay. Yeah, I think we're not gonna get the answer today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, I think so, you, so, like, I'm, first I'm gotta convinced get off I have the waitlist. Okay, yes, let's yeah. hear. First, you gotta go. Uh, it's Farmville. We're gonna we're gonna use Farmville on on ChatGPT. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was interested in like if there's already an API for this, or if there's like an planned. So like, uh, when ChatGPT was just a web interface, and then we got the uh, API later, or is this like a web only thing? There is a API available today, but you have to have access to actually create plugins. So you won't have the interface to install a plugin or do anything like that. You can 
basically build all the stuff on the back end right now if you want to. And then when you get access, you'll be able to actually install the plugin through the ChatGPT UI, test it out and all that stuff. But as of the present moment, no one beyond a very small group of people are able to actually install those developer unverified plugins. Yeah, I was, I don't know if if that's what you meant, but I was thinking about like, do we have a programmatic way of calling the ChatGPT API with these plugins enabled and get like a JSON response back? opposed to like using the web interface with the plugins enabled. Yeah, so that that doesn't exist yet today either. I think it's it's unclear when and if that will come, but it's definitely something that folks are thinking about. I think there's just a little bit more a bunch more security and other challenges like that when you give the plugin access through the API, but it's it's definitely something the team has talked and thought about internally. All right. Thanks for the insight. Leo, follow-up question. Did, did you have a specific use case in mind for that that specific need that, that can help to motivate things sometimes? No, not right now. It's just a general <laughs> question. Exploring. Yeah, well, okay. You know, you can sort of hack it together with the stuff that Diane Gross was doing in the early days of ChatGPT. But then also, like, I, I feel like we could make like a mock validator for plugins such that we are ready to go when it's live. I don't think it'd be too hard. Yeah. Any clones? Any clones out there for? Like ChatGPT UIs that you can sort of kind of hack it in. Maybe it's like not not the highest fidelity, but the the schema is out there. So there's nothing really stopping us apart from, you know, waking up tomorrow and, and seeing that Chat that OpenAI has done it already. So <laughs> I, I think the only the only you could definitely do some of that today. I think some part of the challenge will be that it's a different model that's powering some of these things, which isn't available. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, but I still think even with probably base Sahara and just injecting some of this in there, you could probably get most of the way there. Yeah, by the way, that, that was a misconception that I had to correct a bit early on in the space before you came on. You dropped three models today. Like there was a browsing model and then there's a separate plugins model and the plugins model doesn't talk to the browsing model. And then there's a, you know, there's Python running, which is still blowing my mind, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, the Python running also goes back to the piece around if you want to basically have things like set things up to dispatch, you can essentially have it write the code and just like plug into any third party library and like set up cron jobs and all that stuff for you. So going back to sort of having ChatGPT do your bidding, you could you could do all that with the code interpreter, which is super cool. And I think Greg tweeted like 20 minutes ago or an hour ago, something like that, an example of it. Yes. Like doing video compression and like editing and stuff like that, which was super cool. Th- that That is the one, like, are we going to have that or is that Greg's special box? Like, no, I think that, was, that he's just running straight up interpreter is my understanding. I don't think there's anything special going on there. Because like, that is insane. That Like you have storage, you have compute, you are a compute platform now. Like ChatGPT is not a chat app. It's crazy. <laughs> like th- this is what made me start this space because I was like, Wait, like this is not chat. This is a new thing. I don't know what this is. So yeah, I have to drop, but this was this was awesome. Thanks for hosting this, and thanks for thanks for having me on again. Yeah, thanks see you again. Always Boy, appreciate you. Ha- happy birthday, Thank Dylan. You. Hopefully, this was a, a worthwhile present. <laughs> it was great. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, bye, Logan. Okay, a uh, couple more questions. If anyone has them, these things tend to drag on a little bit, so I always like, like to end on a well-defined note. Anyone else have reactions questions? See anything out there that might be interesting? I did see, you know, the, the, the ChatGPT partners are starting to tweet out some stuff. So Avni Patel tweeted out about the Milo plugin that they developed with OpenAI. So we can see a little bit of that. Oh, particularly, I haven't particularly like, 
Dighton. But yeah, you know, I, I'm collecting all, all sorts of information and, and reactions. I'm going to write something today because I think this is one of the biggest days, again, in tech since, I don't know, Tuesday. Since last week. <laughs> it's hard. But I mean, does anyone agree that things were like really boring for a while? And this is like the first exciting Dude. thing that I've seen. The, the React well. people are still talking about use effects. Like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like we that we what were stuck fuck, in use effects and React and like CMS land for like ten years. <laughs> just thank God, thank God. Hey Peter. Hey, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to say something real quick to the person that was asking earlier about monetization models and, and plugins and such. And I just, I thought it one, one thing that occurred to me was that, you know, a lot of these, I've done a lot of these plugin marketplaces over my career. And I think there's obviously an opportunity to like offer different levels of validation and sort of test compatibility kit pass. And, you know, there's also an ongoing component of it because there's, you know, potentially data streaming through and, you know, there's, you know, concerns around, you know, the quality of that data. Does it, you know, circumvent or interfere with open AI safety systems? So, you know, one obvious way that they could, you know, potentially monetize, you know, any marketplace really, you know, App Store, or whatever, JetBrains, you know, IntelliJ IDEA marketplace, right, is to have that concept of different levels of validation and, and compliance, you know, to a certain specification. And, you know, you get a little logo or something like that. And, you know, so anyway, just a quick thought as I was listening. Fascinating. And thanks for having me on. Hey, Peter, since I want you to, since you had sounds like you have a bunch of experience, could you list like the, the, the marketplaces that you've been a part of and like maybe like one thing they did well, one thing they did poorly? Sure. Uh, I'd, I'd love to get a top down view. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I've seen all of them, but I mean, you know, obviously I'm an iPhone and Android user, so I've, I've seen the marketplace like the rest of us, but uh, JetBrains marketplace, I think was particularly good. Postman has a really good API marketplace. Rap, I didn't know that. Rapid API. Yeah. You know, I think, a, I think a lot of platform companies have gotten the message and, and they think about marketplaces. Obviously, duh, the hyperscalers, right? You know, you've got the, you know the the cloud marketplaces from Amazon. from Amazon and Google and and Azure and such, but you know it's some of the, sometimes it's these smaller ones that are also surprisingly good, like the IntelliJ Idea. You know, uh, you know, you go to their website and it's like you can buy an ad banner if you're in marketing, but you know, yeah. Anyway, so this concept of like validated plugins, right? Especially when there's this aspect of the data that's flowing through them, I think presents an interesting yeah. opportunity, not only for for developers to to make non shitty plugins, pardon my friend, for you know for for OpenAI to to, you know, say, hey, we looked at this and not just with chat GPT, no offense. You know, we, we, we're giving it a th- seal of approval, right? You know, and that'll that'll carry weight and carry meaning and people will pay for that, is my guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, if I think there's an appetite for like understanding how to do well in the marketplace right now. If you write a post about that, I think it'll be very well received. Sweet. Cool. I'll try to find you on Twitter. I, I just kind of dropped in. This was sort of an instinct. And then I saw like Nader's here yeah, and all these other people are here. So it was just kind of like, wow, this is awesome. I know. I know. I know. I know. Well, we're all just like reacting and we need a, we need a space to, to yell because this is cute. So thanks, Peter. No um, problem. And uh, yeah, let's just connect offline. Flo is here. I'm trying to invite you, Flo, because we were talking about Lindy earlier. We were talking about what this, what Judge plugins means for Lindy. I don't think it'll, it will, I, I think actually like it will. Oh, highlight the differences, but oh, there, there's a speaker. Hey, congrats on your launch, by the way. Very, very, very well done. Thanks. Yeah. One hell of a day. <laughs> Hi, everyone. 
Hell of a day. Did you know this was coming, by the way? We didn't know it was coming today, but yes, we knew we knew about this and we knew it, it would come okay. in, the, in the very near future. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll reintroduce them because like, the, the space is like, like 4X since the time I talked about. But, you know, AI virtual assistant is able to arbitrarily respond to emails and set, set meetings and use natural language to do all of that. I think the, the user interface also was very, very well designed. Thank you. Um, which, you know, I, I, can't, I can't imagine how long you took to, to do that. But like that is the polish that you need for personal use stuff, right? Like it, this is the, this is the table six. Thank um, you. I'll, I'll pass your compliments to the designers who hate me now. <laughs> it, it, it did take a long time to reach this point. I mean, my take is that I think like the button is being passed from the folks, like the, 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 the lab coat researchers working on the models. They're passing the baton over to like the, the, the product teams, basically. And I, I think we're going to see a new wave of acts that are not just about, hey, we have a model that is X billion parameters, but we're going to see a new wave of startups that are in the business of building great products around these models. And with a very simple interface, which is, well, sorry, sorry, yeah. Well, I was, I was talking about plugins, but you're talking about over the foundation model APIs. That's That's correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, are you, are you worried about competition from like, you know, ChatGPT? Like, let's, let's talk, let's talk this out, right? Like, what do you see as sort of the product gaps that, that plugins have versus uh, your stuff? Yeah. My understanding is that ChatGPT is really like ChatGPT plugins, my understanding so far from the announcement is like, it's really more of like a developer product. So OpenAI is remaining true to their DNA of like, you know, we're building models and we're building stuff for, for developers to build products on. So the impact on companies like Lindy is that it's lowering the barrier to entry, which right, I you're, think... You're not targeting developers. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. It's like it's become easier to build Lindy. Like a whole lot of stuff that we built, like OpenAI just released for free and we're like, well, fuck, like, I guess, I guess we built that. So it's, it's lowering the barrier to entry, but, you know, you're still left with your product expertise. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and also, also commenting before you came on that OpenAI probably will never have Google calendar on their list of preferred, you know, plugins. They will never have Gmail on and, and your, your integration is already super tight. Like this, this plugs in exactly to where, what people use today instead of having this between Microsoft and Google. Yeah. So I wouldn't say never. I, I think they are going to have, but certainly the incentives are not super aligned. And so I think there is going to be merit in being Switzerland here. Product. Right. It's like, look, our incentives are aligned with you as the user. Like we're not in bed with, with Microsoft or Google or whatever. Like we're not protecting an existing ecosystem. We'll just like send AI assistant and we are going to play as well as we can with all of your products. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone have like, I'll open up, you know, obviously we have the founder of Lindy here. Like, does anyone have questions about Lindy? Did you see the launch? Did you have a follow up? Like, this is a very nice place to ask it. Let's say you want to, <laughs> you want to start. I just want to get access. Guys? Yeah. I'm gonna pay for. It. You just wanna get access? Um, <laughs> I already paid him yesterday. It would, be, I, it would be cool for you to maybe talk a little about how the integrations work. And I know you're using natural language for it. I think like when tools like it, they think, oh, is my tool gonna be supported? So yeah, maybe you wanna talk about it. Yeah, definitely. So the and so I actually tweeted about that separately. Like the way we build integrations is we literally just give the documentation of the API to Lindy, and then she figures out how to use the APIs on her own. And so it's trivial for us to build a new integration. Like it actually takes fifteen minutes to build a new integration. And so the answer to will my product like will my be supported will be yes, like in fifteen minutes. Like it'll be like, hey, you asked us to do something and. Literally, it's like we couldn't do it yesterday, and today we can. And it's going to be as simple as that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think to me, the most interesting thing is that a lot of companies, I mean, even if you think about Airbyte and like Fivetran, like when it comes to connectors, there was like the whole closed source versus open source, like the open source usually had an advantage because the community can help you build more connectors. But now using natural language, like the barrier is so much lower. It just, it's just super exciting to be able to, to use everything right away instead of waiting like four months because I'm the only person using that one tool. So excited to, to use <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Well, even considering a world in which the user creates their own integration by themselves in like 10 minutes, it's like, hey, like, give us, really the only thing we need is like, we need a, a documentation and then we need like an API token. Like, that's the only part that right now requires like a, an engineer's involvement. But, you know, perhaps some power users would be fine generating some developer API token and building their own integration in like 10 minutes. I mean, I, the, the sort of app store model between Google and, and Apple, and it's like the bar for quality that they held. You know what I mean? That, that, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It makes me think of that whole race again. And it's like, do you lower the bar for quality and, and go the Android route or do you keep the quality, do you keep the bar high? And especially if, if there's, you know, issues with circumventing or interfering with safety systems and, and data quality and, you know, things that are quote unquote inappropriate. Like, I don't know. I wonder. It makes me think. Well, the thing is that there is a ceiling to quality here when it comes to these integrations. Like, how good can you make a Gmail integration? There's like, there's like 20 endpoints or something. And then the question is like, can you call these endpoints and can you support their parameters? And it's not even the user who would actually like write the endpoint and the parameters. They would literally just like point us to the right API documentation. Good point. Yeah. I do think it's a little scary when I give my, you know, if I give like my, my Gmail integration and then you have write access, like I actually just open sourced a GPT-4 like email drafter and I didn't put any auto send or anything like that because I was so scared of it. Yeah. But I wrote all the code, so it's, I trust it. But it'll be interesting to see how people are going to trust these systems. Yeah, so we've built some like hard guardrails in place where certain actions, especially any endpoint that is a post endpoint, we, we, we flag these actions as like, we call them like a write action. So it's like read action versus write actions. And if it's a write action, we require user confirmation in a way that, I mean, this is like technical details, but like, it is it is physically impossible for the model to actually take a right action without user confirmation. So the user it asks for user confirmation, and like the user through the confirmation actually issues a token that is required for the model to be able to call that that thing. How worried about you about AI safety? Is is this like coming from a place of UX or AI safety? <laughs> I'm I'm super worried about very long term AI safety. Right, yeah. I am. Yeah. I am, I am moderately worried about like medium term AI safety, like the whole like misinformation thing. And like, yeah, like I'm sure there are ways in which Lindy may go wrong, but like that's not the top of my concerns. And especially because I built this kind of system, like I see the ways in which you can build guardrails. And like this is just like an engineering challenge. Like it's, it's very solvable. Now the very long term AI safety thing, like, yeah, I mean, there's like an existential risk and this is, this is a whole different beast. <laughs> Yeah, part part of me like trying to build B two B stuff, you know, in the in the face of AI safety issues, it feels like you know you're just kind of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, or like you, you you know you have the four piece string quartet playing music to entertain people while the ship is sinking. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is discouraging a little bit because you you don't really have a take on the problem, do you? Right, they're like, all right, I guess this is coming, and I like, I, I I'm scratching well, my head, and I'm like, I don't really see what I can do about it. Sam Altman seems to think he can turn it off. Like he has his blue bag, which presume, presumably <laughs> has the off the off button, 
That, that's why he, that's why he always has it with him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I, oh, I don't so, think so can that. I? Yeah, okay. well, can I get your reactions just generally on like potential of like maybe multimodal GPT four, like just anything that your your you know US builder are looking to really take advantage of as it as it comes down the line. Yeah, I think multimodality and you know audio and, and image, especially, I think is like the next big zero to one thing. But otherwise, I think like just language gets you so far, man. So I was just having this conversation. To me, it's the same thing as like the CPU, right? Where it's like Fairchild Semiconductor and like Intel, like they give us the CPU. And I think, again, like the lab coat researchers passed the button to the hackers in their garage, like the Steve Jobs and, and, and Steve Wozniak, who now are in the business of building the PC. And so that doesn't mean that like innovation in the CPU is over. Like the CPU still has like four decades of Moore's law ahead of it. But yeah, like we've got the CPU. And now I think that product and engineering and hacker teams have to, to take it from there. I mean, Intel did pretty well. <laughs> not lie. Totally. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying like OpenAI is going anywhere for sure. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, any other, yeah, does, does anyone else have like, questions? Novia, I see you unmuted. Yeah, just upon the, on the like safety, AI safety side. I mean, as much as I sure. hate the complexity of IAM, I mean, uh, like permissions in AWS and GCP and so on, they serve a purpose. And I think like maybe in this space, like if you can hit any endpoint on the internet, like how do you control which endpoint? Uh-huh. So maybe this is, this is like a connection for flow, like a new generation of IAM, which is, you know, you have a proxy sitting in front of, in front of the internet. And you're only allowed to see certain parts of the internet. You said you have like you have like right access on the post request already, but yeah, maybe there's something around that. Yeah, so we're looking into this kind of catch guardrails right now. The way our most, for example, the Gmail API is so it actually writes code, but at no point does it use a library to make REST API and endpoint calls. Right, like it actually we give it a function that's like. Gmail send email with like parameters for like to and subject and body and all of that stuff, right? And certain of these actions, again, require an authorization token that is specific for like that one action and these authorization tokens actually expire. So yes, in theory, the model could circumnavigate that by <laughs> writing code to like call the, the API endpoints directly. We've not seen it do that yet. And, and that's just not the way we train the model to behave. That's pretty smart. That's like a general platform question for maybe you in the future, maybe OpenAI, that if you hook it up to the, how do you prevent it from, I'm, I'm not saying that the AI will do something malicious, but like a developer who gets it to write some code and hit an endpoint that you didn't give it permission for. So for example, you can, in Dino, I, I love the permission system in Dino, you can give it access to your file system or the end or, you know, like the internet, but like, how do you specify only a part of the internet or only a part of a domain or so on? Yeah, it's an open question. By the way, I, I, I'm a little bit bearish on the Dino permissioning because it's permissioning on the whole executable. And, and that's, you know, it's basically, you're going to try to relax it the moment you run into errors and people just kind of relax it all the way. You know, it's kind of uh, true. <laughs> a, a, a very, I agree. Very I, I was actually, I, the way I got around it, I, I was starting a new, a new process, sub process and only giving it access. Really? To it. So instead of making, yeah, it was, it was well really, done. really annoying. Well done. They should build that in. That was the only it, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it, it's kind of overselling the security if like everybody just runs like you know pseudo whatever the equivalent of pseudo is in in, in Dino. But yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Any other reactions, Flo? Before I'll give you the, the last word here, just reactions to ChatGPT and OpenAI shipping velocity in general. You're, you're always a good speaker, so leaving it to you for sound bites. <laughs> sound bites? No, it's great. You know, I, I, I'm excited to see this kind of product see the light, and I, I I don't view them as like direct competitors just yet. And even if they were. 
you know, look, I think the market, this is going to be the mother of all markets. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be more than fine. There's maybe room for a mini winners here. Blue ocean. That's right. It's time to build. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. What, what do you I, think, Squeaks? What do I think? I, I, I don't know what to think. That's, this is why I started this space because I saw that ChatGPT can run FFmpeg, which means it is a compute platform, right? Like it generates Python code. It runs the Python code. It can receive files, it can store files, it has memory, and then it can let you download the files. Give it some GPUs, and you can run Llama inside of ChatGPT <laughs> for whatever reason you want. It is a new compute platform now, and I want to build for it, but I don't know what I what I can build. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's these large language models are like the next operating system. I'm I'm very convinced that that's the way people are gonna interact with their computers. Like you're no longer gonna do work at your computer. You're going to have a conversation with your computer and the computer is going to do work for you. Well, you're, you're certainly building the platform for that. So everyone go check out Lindy. I think this is a great conversation. I always want spaces to end on a high note, but thanks for joining in, Flo. I, I know it's like zero notice. So I was just DMing you. Um, <laughs> but thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks everyone. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Go out there and build. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks.